Good morning. Good morning. We are in the middle of a four-week series. Get ready. Don't be caught off guard. My question for you this morning, are you ready? Are you ready, Rock Church? Because this, this will probably be the most amazing sermon message you've ever heard in your entire life. It might be. <laughs> no, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> not at all. Miles is not here. Miles is on vacation. Miles is, Pastor Miles is the hardest working person I've ever worked with. And I'm so blessed that he's on vacation taking a break. Although I don't believe he's actually on vacation. I believe he's just working on more for us to do. God has anointed him with unbelievable energy. Literally the hardest working person I've ever met. So let's be glad that he's on vacation. Amen. 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 But, but you, got, you got Tommy instead this morning. <laughs> the, uh, uh, I'm, I'll just start with this. I'm not, I'm not qualified to teach here. Um, I don't have a, an amazing degree from some, you know, crazy good university. Um, you know, by deep theology. I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew. I mean, I went to the University of Nebraska. And uh, it, was, it was the best year of my life. <laughs> But I'll tell you what we do have is we have the Word of God. And the Word of God can speak into our hearts and change our lives no matter who the, uh, the messenger is. And hey, I want to encourage you because that's my whole objective today is that you would leave here encouraged. You should have come here expecting, demanding to experience God. Why else would you come to church? Don't come here just to check it off a list. And I don't care if you got drugged here by your wife if you don't even drug here by your husband, if you don't even believe in God, if you've, if you've been a follower of Christ for 50 years, you should, still should be here saying, okay, God, I want to experience you. We're come together. The, 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 the saints coming together should cause an experience of, of God. So come here expecting to hear from, from God. I'm going to pray that we would that we would. Experience God in a whole new way. That the Holy Spirit would just fall on you and touch your life. You know, I know how it is. Life is not easy. You come in with a lot of stuff. You know what? Let's give it all up to God. Let's just take a deep breath. Let's sit here at the foot of Jesus Christ and expect that he minister to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would pour out on this place your Holy Spirit. That you'd fill this place overflowing with your spirit, Lord, that every person here that's hurting, every person that's worried, every person that's scared, that you touch them in a way that only you can. That every person whose faith has grown stale, that today would be the day you supernaturally touch their life and wake them up. Give us a fresh wind and a fresh fire, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're glad you're here. My name is Tommy. I'm one of the pastors here. I've been here for 12 years and, and um, I have had the privilege to sit over there or when we were at other place to watch literally thousands of people's lives be transformed right before my eyes. I also oversee all of our, the outreach part of our church. So I see it in here, out in San Diego. I know what God is doing. I, I mean, I, I see it. I know that God changes lives. So that's why when I say, you know, come here and be encouraged, expect for God to change your life because I know he can. Because even though I don't have this amazing um, education, I have a love for the word of God. I have a love for Jesus Christ and for what he can do in your life that I know I'm called to be here to share that encouragement with everybody else. It's, it's, it's all I want to do. Um, let's start... Let's begin with the end in mind. So let's start 
open our Bibles, first book of the Bible, Genesis. When you, when you read a book, even though this is 66 books, you, you generally read the, you start right at the beginning. You know, and in the first four words of the Bible, in the beginning, God. And then it goes on in Genesis 1 and it talks about the entire creation of everything that we see here, touch, everything that exists was created. And I counted the words, it's 824 words in the first chapter of Genesis that God created all this. And here's what he said, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You could ponder on that for the rest of your life, you know, how that whole thing looked or worked or what happened when God spoke all this into existence. But here's what he says at the end. Then, uh, in verse 31, it says, Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. He saw that it was very good. And your first line, let's start there. Your first line, Genesis 1.31, if you're filling in your blanks, life is good. Life is good. Don't let anyone tell you any differently. God said all that he created, he looked at it, and he saw that it was good. You know, I, I feel like today, especially, you don't hear that message very much. Not, you, you sure won't hear it from the news. And you rarely hear, you rarely hear it anywhere. We need to be reminded that if you're, if you're breathing, if you're alive today, life is good. God created you for his, for his glory. So start there. Life is good. You know, we, we, everyone wants us, everyone worries. And not only do they worry, but they expect you to worry about what they're worried about. Like they insist upon it. Don't you realize the weather's changing? Don't you realize the polar bears, they're, they're, they're swimming around the ocean, the ice is gone. They, they, they insist that you worry. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, his words say, do not worry about your life. Okay, what he doesn't say is, hey, blessed are you if you don't worry or it's, you don't have to worry. Um, it's better not to worry. It's a direct commandment from God. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Yet we are quick to identify all kinds of other sin, but we somehow think that worry is not a sin. If it's a, going directly against what God t- commands of us, it's a sin. We don't have the luxury of worrying because we need to realize we're in sin. We need to repent and, and move on. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. It's a commandment. He says, and, and look what Paul says. Turn, if you can, to uh, uh, Philippians um, 4. One of my favorite, literally one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Um, Philippians 4. It's in the... Uh, Philippians 4. Do you guys know where Philippians is? Can someone come up here and find where, where Philippians is in my Bible? It seems to be. It was right before this, and now it's, it's suddenly moved. <laughs> it says this in Philippians 4, verse 6. You've heard these verses before. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then... You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. How many people in here want God's peace? Amen. It's, it's so simple. He tells us if you want God's peace, it's three things. It's super simple. Don't worry about your life. It says do this. It says instead pray. Tell God about everything. And here's the part we miss. And thank him for all he's done. 
You want to have God's peace? Say, God, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what's on my mind. And by the way, thank you that life is good. And thank you for this and this and this and this and this. And then God's promises, you'll have his peace that passes all understanding. In Ecclesiastes 3, my favorite verse in the entire Bible, my favorite eight words in the Bible says, there is nothing better than to be happy. Now, if you say that message too much, people are like, well, you don't understand. You can't say that. You've got to talk about sin, depravity of a man. You know, people don't necessarily receive that message. But why would, why would Solomon have written it in the Bible if it wasn't true? There's nothing better than to be happy. You know, God is most glorified when, when, when we're most satisfied in him. You know, he created all this so we could have communion with him. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No, but it means life is good. And God, God put us here to enjoy life. Now, will there be challenges? Yes. Yes, open to a couple verses to the right, uh, James. James is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. <laughs> sure, that was funny. I'm not sure what it was, but the, uh, you know, I, James was, James was Jesus' brother. Okay, and one time I was sitting and listening to someone teach on James, and they were saying it was Jesus' older brother, and I was like, I thought Mary was a virgin. What did, did I... Did I miss him? No, it wasn't his older brother, but it was his brother. Um, obviously, half-brother. He didn't have the whole I'm God thing. <laughs> James didn't even believe in Jesus while he was alive the first time. Until he saw him resurrected, then he became a leader in the church. But his, his words are all very practical advice. My favorite, my favorite uh, uh, book in the Bible. Dear brothers and sisters... It says in James 2, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Man, does that sound like good news to you? That doesn't sound like good news to me. See, life is good, but that doesn't mean life is easy. These challenges, because look what it says. These challenges are, this is supposed to be an opportunity for great joy when troubles come our way. How many people really don't want troubles to be an opportunity for, for great joy. They're, they're really, they really aren't. It says, for you know that your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You, you want to be perfect in Christ? This is how God does it, the challenges. And, and if you're filling in your blanks, number two is your attitude gets you ready. You want to be ready? Don't get caught off guard. It's, it, it's your attitude. It's how you see the stuff that gets thrown at you. Now, I haven't figured this out. I haven't mastered this. Um, I, this is, I just know now what true north is. This is what God uses. Life is good. God doesn't want us to worry, but he never says, hey, it's going to be easy. He's like, don't worry. You know, life is good. There's nothing better to be happy. But I'm going to make it really hard for you because that's how you get strong. If we can get, I mean, to me, this is... This is the, the, you crack the code of life if you figure this out. If, you, if you're able to actually do this, you, you've won. If, if whatever God throws at you, you say, you know what, yes, bring it on. Tire blows on your car, yes. I'm going to see how fast I can change it. Is that what we do? No. We're like, oh, drama, tell everybody, call AAA, do whatever. It, it, we, we, we just don't, myself, myself included. I had an opportunity to go to... Uh, train with some Navy SEALs a while back here. Um, 
it's a place called Seal Fit. And it was uh, created by these couple of long-term, these guys are like 30-year seals. These guys are like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no, these guys are as close to superheroes as there are. Just the way they train and do their life is, is, is amazing. So um, I thought it would be a good idea to sign up for it. Because they, they, they used to train people to get ready for buds, but they opened it up to civilians. And I thought, you know, the level one, if it's open to civilians, how bad can it be? <laughs> it's only four days. You can do anything for four days, right? It was the worst decision ever <laughs> of my life. Like I th- I'm thinking it's for civilians because I-, I love leadership and I, I-, I-, I wanna, that's what I want to, I want to get great at leadership development or die trying. That's my thing. I-, I read tons of books. I go to seminars. I go to- and these guys are known for amazing leadership and amazing teamwork. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. You know, they're going to, you know, uh, hang out, tell me how awesome I am and glad you're here. And we'll do some classroom studies in four days. What could it be like? You know, I- I- I'll watch them. <laughs> train is literally what I'm thinking. And I, seriously, it was, it was horrible. It was, it, was, it was like a half day. You do an hour in a class and an hour of PT, which means sometimes you roll around the sand and carry in the sand 50-pound bag for five miles. And it was, I, I seriously wanted to quit. It was, it was, it was I, right when I got there, I was like, what was I thinking? I had no idea. I was not, you know, I'm thinking I do CrossFit, Jiu-Jitsu. I'm, I'm good for this. I was not ready for this at all. And... Uh, it just got worse and worse and worse as the day went on. And I was, I was like, man, I told all my friends I'm going here. This is what I'm seriously thinking about doing. I'm like, I'm, not even, I'm just going to go check into a hotel because I'm not locked in. I'm going to escape. I'm going to check into a hotel. I'm not even going to tell my wife I didn't go. <laughs> this is what's going through my mind. Um, they, they, like, they, they won't even let you quit. And, and you know, I got, I got something they tell you at the beginning, you're, you're capable 20 times more than you think you are. And by the end of the four days, they prove it to you. Because I didn't quit. I stuck in there, went through the whole thing. But I, I learned something from there, maybe the most valuable lesson I've ever learned in my life. It had nothing to do with leadership. They didn't even talk about leadership. They're amazing at, at leadership, but they don't talk about it. They didn't even talk about teamwork, even though they're known for that. They didn't talk about it. All they talked about was mental toughness. Here's what clicked in my mind. Is, is these two guys in particular. I mean, they're, you're, you're, you finally die after 10 sessions of this. At midnight, you crash and you fall asleep and you're, you're dead to the world. You're too tired to even wipe the sand off you. And at about 2, a siren goes off and they wake you up. And they're standing out there and they're spraying you down with the hose. And you got to get in the cold water and try and hold your breath for 30 seconds. It was, it was just, it was, it was hell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It wasn't hot. It was cold. And, uh, um, and, and they do all this stuff and, you know, you think it's, at one point I must have said something, might have said something sarcastic. I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that. But one of them like, was like, what did you say? And, and he was just like on me, every single push-up, every single thing, which is, which is awesome to have one of these guys. These guys are like a whole other level of scary when they're in your face. They're like pee yourself scary. <laughs> and I'm not even really that easily intimidated. But anyway, the next morning, I'm traumatized, straight up traumatized by this one person. I'm afraid to even see him, and he's teaching the first class. I mean, we were out there for three hours carrying law. Anyway, next morning, he's talking about someone who brings up something about last night, and he says, that's the best part. And I thought, no, are you, what are you, he must have taken a lot of shots to the head to think that that... I, I didn't get it. I couldn't get my arm, but he meant it. I could tell by the conviction. He was like, that's the juice in it. That's the best part. And the other guy, the guy who runs it, the guy's name is Mark Devine. Guy's a, a, a ridiculously amazing leader. Um, 
wrote a book called Unbeatable Mind, great book, great thinker, great, just great, great, great guy. He would say the whole time, easy day, easy day. Come on, Mosley, easy day. As you're doing like standing there, push-ups, holding a log, easy day. But what's, not, what's crazy is that he meant it. He meant it. Like we're doing these, he's doing it with us. This wasn't something like they stand there and made you. He's doing it with us. We're going five miles. He's not only carrying his pack, he's carrying someone else's because they're too weak to carry it. And he's singing. Not even exaggerating. Easy day, easy day. He's singing all this stuff. I'm thinking, man. No, it's not an easy day at all. This is terrible. And I, and I want to quit. And something, something clicked in my mind. They get this. They get this. They, these guys, something shifted in their mind where they're, they're looking for the biggest challenge. They're bored now that they were seals for 30 years and now they're bored. What other challenges are? So they get dropped off in like the middle of Africa and do these like amazing races and stuff like that because they're looking for these obstacles and I thought man that's if I can if I can figure out how to count it all joy when I come into these various trials I've arrived instead of complaining about stuff look for the challenges embrace them take them on head on and do it that's that's how you get ready that's how you get ready is your your attitude you change your attitude you say I'm going to be able to do it I can do this in some areas of my life very few but some areas um one area in particular I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu since uh, since 1997 and I love it. I'm addicted to it. It's awesome. If you don't know what it is, it's grappling. You use chokeholds and arm bars. It's awesome. These are the greatest group of people. There's nothing, nothing says love for your friends like choking them out. Nothing <laughs> at all. It's an addiction of mine. I go three times a week. It's the best part of my week. But you know what? That wasn't always the case. In 1997 when I started, I hated it. Not just a little bit. I hated it for like the first year or two because... I had taken martial arts for a long time before that and this completely came crashing down on me, something new, and I realized all that I'd done before was a waste of time without, without this stuff, without knowing how to, how, to, how to do this on the ground. And I was getting killed every day. I mean, I was, I was leaving there, I was having, literally felt like I was getting the life choked out of me because I was. One guy would arm bar me like five times in every, I felt like both my arms, I hated it. But I, I, could, I was at this weird thing. I, was, I either could never be a martial artist again or, or just embrace this and keep going and figure it out. And it took a couple years. It took years before I really liked it. But when I read this, I think, you know what? I'm capable, we're capable of doing this. Whatever is hard for you, change your attitude about it and just keep going. Just keep going. It gets easier. You know, I've worked with a lot of salesmen in the past and people are so terrified of it. But when they get good of it, they're not afraid of it anymore. What challenges do you have in your life that you can make a little bit easier, that you can keep moving and just press into it and, and, and do better? And, you know, that, that your, your attitude is what gets you ready. You know, how do we get there? How do we get there? You know, the biggest mistake we can make is we think life is supposed to be easy. Life's good. It's not supposed to be easy, though. This is the stuff that's supposed to make you more useful for God. I do now. I can cross it and I do jiu-jitsu because I want to be harder to kill and useful. That's it. I want to be ready beforehand. I don't want to wait till I need to be ready. I want to, I want to be ready beforehand. I want to embrace whatever's hard and, and try to do I want to get better at that. Now, I have not figured this out completely because there's some areas of my life. For example, my family got sick this week. My son got sick with the flu. Uh, my other son got sick. Then my wife got really sick and um, ended up having to go to the hospital for a couple days. Let me tell you something right now. This stuff is all out the door if my family's sick. I'm not counting any of that joy. So I haven't got there. So this is us 
trying to figure out this is the true north. This is how we're, this is how, where we need to go. But it's not, you know, it, it, it's not as easy as just, oh, I've read it, I figured it out, boom, it's, it's done. You know, the, I will say this, the, the worst things in your life can end up being your biggest blessings, even though you might not see it in the mix. You know, I was, uh, um, I was arrested 19 times by the time I was 23. You have to almost, like, you have to try to achieve that kind of greatness by the time you're 23 years old. And I wasn't winning. (laughs) I wasn't winning. I had waged wars, especially with the Las Vegas Police Department. I was clearly not winning or thinking right or anything. My heart was dark and black. It was just, you know, and and I didn't see anything good ever going to come from that. Um, but you know what? It's now the best things that, that could have happened. That's what changed my life. That, it, it's, it's literally of all the things that, that you know, that, those experiences helped me more today in ministry than anything else ever could have. Even though I couldn't see it then or didn't want to see it, wasn't saved. It was just, I, I never saw that as being something that I would be able to use to help people. Because mostly because I never wanted to help people. So your attitude gets you ready. Um, 1997, I got saved. Everything completely changed, turned around. Um, God used all that in, 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 in an amazing way. It's why I'm here. I'm not a pastor because I like church people. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm a pastor because I want to help people who are like me have their lives transformed. So how do we do that? So turn to Matthew. Let's hear what Jesus himself has to say. Because this is huge. And this is what I want you to get for today. This is the main point of, of being here today. Is uh, um, in Matthew 7, 24. This is, how, this is how we get ready. Matthew 7, 24. says... Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears these teachings and doesn't obey is like foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. When the rains and floods come, all the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So... Build your house on the rock. What is the rock? What is it? No. No. That's not what it says. That's what, that's what we all think. I'll build my house on Jesus. That means if I come to church and I've gotten saved, I have that rock. He's very clear what exactly is. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. Not just, oh, Jesus is my rock. He's got this. The rain's coming. No. You need to do something. You need to listen to his teaching and follow it. How do we listen to Jesus' teaching and follow it? You know what? Read his teaching or listen to an audible and follow it. It's not just, I accepted Christ and it's all over. Your house is still on sand. You want to build your house on rock? Listen to his teaching. He's got a lot to say. And follow it. It's... it's, it's Simple, but it's not easy. It takes some, some on our part. If you're, if you're uh, uh, filling your blanks, information gets your house ready. God's teaching gets your house ready. You know, we, I believe, f- 
strongly believe this, that you need to wage a media war for your mind. Okay, you are being brainwashed. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, you're, you're being brainwashed. You're, you're constantly hearing these messages that the media wants you to hear. And yes, they have an agenda. Yeah, of course they have an agenda. Everyone has an agenda. Everyone has a product to sell. You know, marketers spend billions of dollars to program you. And, and, it, and it works. So you, if you don't put good information, you can't stop that information from coming in. It's just everywhere. You got to also put your own good information in there. On a daily basis. So I'm not talking about just once a week I come to sermon or once a week. You know, I'm talking about put, put good information in your head every day. Because if you don't take charge of the most amazing computer ever, someone else is going to. You know, you, you, can't, you cannot escape it. You know, the, the, the fill in the blank for me. It's a good time for the great taste of, okay, you guys out there, fill in the blank for me. It's a good time for the great taste of. Have you, do I need to sing it? It's a good time for the great taste of. This is, is this on? Hello? It's a good time for the great taste of. McDonald's? Hello? <laughs> is it really a good time? <laughs> And is it really a great taste? How about this one? Have a Coke and a... Oh, there we go. I'm glad, glad I'm not the only one programmed by the media. Is really carbonated black water with a cup of sugar that has enough acid in it to eat an entire nail. Is that something that's going to make you smile? Is that happiness? Now, don't get me wrong. I drink Coke. Now, here's one. Here's one. Let's see if anyone can get this. Some of you older people might get this. Some of, you, some of you my age or older might get this. Winston tastes good like a... Do cigarettes taste good? Is there anyone who's going to tell me cigarettes taste good? Now, here's what's crazy. That ad hasn't run in over 30 years. You think you're not being programmed? You think there's not some programming? You know, the, the, who, who in here watches the news? Who in here watches the news? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. They're, they definitely, here's the thing. There's a million things happening in the world at any time. You want someone else to decide what's the most important and what you need, what you need to hear. The, uh, you know, everyone has a product to sell. And I believe their product is uncertainty. You know, they, 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 their product's uncertain. You'll keep coming back for Studies show you're addicted to drama. So that's why you can be watching Duck Dynasty. And this is why we cut our cable. We were watching Duck Dynasty one time. All of a sudden this ad comes on. It's like 14 people tragically murdered right in your neighbor. Details at 11. My four-year-old and my eight-year-old are like, I, I, I can't, you know, it, it just, they're, 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 they want to they pull you in with this, uh, you know, and I can prove this, the, um, how many of you have heard of Cecil the lion? Raise your hand if you heard of Cecil the lion. How many of you have an opinion on Cecil the lion? On how that whole thing went down? Let me tell you something. If you can't pick Zimbabwe off of a map of Africa, you shouldn't care about some lion that a dentist hunted. Now, don't, don't take it like I'm anti-lion or, or pro. You know, I, I, don't, uh, um, I don't want any emails from PETA or anything like that. That's not... That's not my point. My point is this. 
it's became important to everybody in social media and in the news because of this. Because CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC, they all decided this is important for you to hear. And what do we do? We all, oh my gosh, that's, that's just tragic that that lion was, was killed. You know what? And, and if you were already all about lion's rights beforehand, then hey, my hat's off to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the ones that suddenly you're a huge lion fan. You know, I got news for you. Lions, lions kill zebras all the time. What about zebras? Come, you guys don't care about zebra lives matter. I, I don't hear anybody posting on Facebook, this is tragic, this must be stopped, that dentist must be hung, you know, the, the, the lions are killing the zebras, you know, any, any anti, that's because, and, and hey, I, I'm, I'm involved in it too, I'm just saying take the red pill, take the red pill like in the Matrix, and take a step back and say, wait a minute, what are they trying to get me to, what are they trying to get me to do? I, and, and I don't, it's not like I cut off all media, I can't, I don't do it. I mean, I, how many people in here spend more time on Facebook than in your Bible? Be honest, be honest. Okay, I got my hand up, that's me, that's me. Facebook for me is like the new cigarettes. Wake up in the morning, everybody's still there. It's good. A couple minutes later, I eat my breakfast, do something else, something else going on, a little break in the action. They're still there. <laughs> Cecil, what? Can't believe that lion. Or, 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 or TV. You know, it's, 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 I'm, not, I'm not legalistic. <laughs> I'm definitely not legalistic. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not legalistic. I'm, I'm more illegal than I am legalistic. I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't watch this stuff, don't bring it. I'm saying also put some good stuff in every day, every day. You know, what I do is in particular, I put, I put every day, I listen, I drive about 35,000 miles a year. It's just the nature of my job. I'm all over the place. And always I'm listening to, to stuff on there, whether it's sermons, whether it's teachings, whether it's books on audible.com, 15 bucks a month. You can listen to all kinds of books. Put some good information in. Don't just turn on the radio and let, let the world program exactly what you're, what you're going to do. You know, the, you, you need the right information before the storm happens. Because look what it says. When the rains come. The rains will come. But beforehand, if you've listened to Jesus' teaching and you followed it and you put the right information, then you're ready. It's, it's not, don't wait till it's too late to all of a sudden decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my house. You know, again, I'm not legalistic. I'm not, you know, I don't watch the news because it doesn't make me feel good. But, you know, media, yeah, I, I, I drink it in all the time. But I just try and make sure I put some good stuff in there. I look, I look at media like, kind of like nerds. Uh, you know, the candy nerds. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I feel like I'm on a different planet here sometimes with the stuff I'm asking. They're basically sugar. And, they're, and, they're, and if you take a, like a few of them, they're, they're good. You, and then that's done. I have addictive behavior. So when I get them, I eat the whole box. And I'm like, it's terrible. Same thing with this stuff that's put, that, that's put in your head. It's okay to, you know, the, the world's there, watch it. But don't get so stuck in it that you just in, embrace it and drink it in and, 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 and take it all. Put good stuff in your head. You know, don't listen to everybody, what everybody has to say. Don't listen. You know, IBM did a study that said you shouldn't trust people or, or people don't trust people with a beard. Good. <laughs> you shouldn't trust me. You shouldn't trust anyone. You should trust God. Everyone else, you verify. Wait a minute, what are they trying to do? How does that line up with God's word? You know, whenever my wife has a kid, I take a Nazarite vow. 
I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying it's biblical. I'm not trying to spiritualize it. I'm not saying God came down and did it. Basically, I don't cut my hair or shave for, for a year. Started doing it with the first kid and people started saying, hey, you look really crazy and homeless. And I was like, you know what? That's good. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm not even sure why I brought that up. That, that just kind of <laughs> dropped in there out of nowhere. Um, when the storm comes, it's too late. You know, uh, Rodrigo Medeiros, my Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, said something brilliant the other day, literally just this week. He said, you know, he's just a really respectful, honorable, super guy. He just lit, he's someone, you, you know, I, I judge a fruit, I, I judge a tree by the fruit it bears, not the fruit it talks about. That's what you should do too. What does someone's life look like? Not what do they say, because it's not always in line. What does their life look like? His life, he's someone that I listen to, and he said this, it was so good, I wrote it down. He said, it's not about technique. You have one second to decide, and I can't teach that. It's time on the mat. And the same thing with life. You, you, some of this stuff, you have one second to decide. You better have the good foundation built, because when the rain comes, it's not the time to build, to build the house. You know, when your marriage is bad, that's not the time to start reading marriage books. You know, I, I counsel with a lot of people that are, that are, that are married. And sometimes I'll, I'll say, oh, I want you guys to read this book. And she'll say, or he'll say, and it's usually the guy, he doesn't read. Or he'll say, I don't read. You know, not that he can't read. I, I just, I'm not a reader, not a time. I say, you know what? Change. You want the marriage to work out, put some good information. Talk to some good people in, in a good marriage and, and change. You've got, you got to put better information because you're not going to see an example of good marriage through, through our media. Um, you know, if someone, if someone breaks in my house, I have a plan. I've already thought it through. You know, uh, it used to be when it was just me living by myself, I thought, you know, if uh, someone breaks in my house, um, you know, uh, whatever, I'll be able to defend myself. And then when I had a wife, it's like, okay, I got a wife. I got to think this through. Make sure here, here's the plan if someone breaks in my house because it's not just me. It's easier when it's just me. And then we had a kid and it was like, okay, if someone breaks in my house, this is kind of serious. There's a chance they could get shot coming in, in the house, you know, you know. Then with kid number two, it's like, you know what? Here's the plan. Then these were two boys. Then we had a daughter. Now I have a daughter that's seven months old. Now if you break in my house, you're not leaving. <laughs> it, it, it's over. I've already thought it through. I've got the plan. And, I, and I'm not asking if you agree with that or not. Because I'll tell you right now, when it comes to my daughter's safety, in particular my family's safety, all this pastor stuff, out the window. I'm not even saying that's what Jesus would do. I'm just saying this is what I've thought through that I've thought through a million times and gone through the plan with my family of here's, here's what we're going to do because, you know, there's some areas of life you need to have your plan. What if the financial storm comes? What are you going to do? You know, have a plan. Have something that you're, that you're planning on doing. One of the things my wife and I are on the same page about is um, raising our kids, education, how important it is. Now, by education, we mean totally different things. By education, I mean they need to learn for the rest of their life. You know, my wife... Um, She's Asian, and, and Asian people, school is important. They do school. Just say that. My wife's family anyway. I did school too. I went to school. Very different experience. She went to school. Her brothers and sisters, they all go to school, go to college, get their master's degree, all this kind of stuff. I was like D's and F's all the way through, baby. Consistency. Actually, except for one semester, my dad said, I'll buy you a motorcycle if you can get all straight A's. I think he was just saying that. D's and F's. Straight A's. D's and F's all the way through. <laughs> seventh grade, seventh grade, I did so good in seventh grade that they were like, this is amazing. Let's do this again. You're so good at this. Let's do it twice. 
that's how good I was at school. And then, and then I meet my wife who's very much, you know, she's, we, we, we got kids now and she's talking about school. And I'm like, jujitsu is more important than school. Why are we teaching them? You know, what, what, they don't teach them anything good in school, leadership. Does. But we finally got into this where, okay, what's the information we want them to have? So we kind of develop, it forces us to come together. And we are now on the same page. What information do they need to have? Because when they're 18, they're off the payroll. And my goal is to work myself out of a job and get them out for the boys on their 18th birthday. Maybe a day or two after, maybe that weekend after their 18th birthday. The daughter, she can stay as long as she wants. She can stay forever. It's fine. But our job is to prepare them. Is to, it's a serious deal. If you, otherwise, you're just going to step back and let the world teach. What did you learn about money in school? You don't learn anything about it. What did you learn about leadership, about teamwork? You have to take control of your life and your family's life. Um, I call my plan for raising kids integrated warrior training. And uh, my wife calls it, let's just make sure they get good grades in school. <laughs> the, uh, uh, my wife and I, we go back and forth. We used to argue about who was smarter um, because, you know, she has all this stuff. And I always be like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm smarter um, just because I said so. Because she's really smart, like 4.0 smart, all this stuff. She remembers facts really good. And I'm really good at just making up facts and stats and stuff like that. <laughs> So one time I, I ended it for once and for all. I said, uh, uh, for once and for all, here's why I'm smarter than you, babe. Look who I married and look who you married. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic and walk away. <laughs> she, hasn't, she hasn't brought it up since. She hasn't brought it up since. Um, your last blanks in Matthew 21. In Matthew 21, the only time Jesus curses anything, he looks at a fig tree that's not bearing fruit and says, you're cursed. Be cursed and die and the thing withered. You know, if you're filling in your blanks, get ready. Being ready means grow or die. Grow or die. It's the one time, it's the one thing Jesus cursed. It's because it's not... It's not growing. I'm not saying you just have to have this amazing transformation. Everything happens just like that. I'm just saying commit to growing. Commit to learning to make the challenges a little bit better. Commit to, commit to getting better in your life. To getting better at enjoying it. To getting better at enjoying the challenges. Just to, just to getting, be getting better at walking with God. Because there's no in between. You're either growing or, you're, or you're, you're shrinking. You know, Take responsibility. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've been given this gift of life. Let's get better. You know, my take-home message is this for everyone because you get so many messages from everywhere. Is this, here's your, here's, your, here's your homework assignment. Here's all I want you to get from today. The only thing. Go home and love your family. Okay, start there. Go home and love your family. Once you're an expert at that, then you can worry about everything else and fixing everything else. But until you can go home and you love your family, and by the way, you're not the one who decides that your family is. Go home and love your family. Then work on being a better employee, a better friend, a better, better everything else. Go home and love your family. Lord, thank you so much for this morning where we can come here and hear your words that prepare us for life's challenges. Lord, I pray you would supernaturally give us the ability to hear your words and to 
count it all joy when we come into various trials. We would hear your words, we would follow your teaching, and we would be ready when the rains come. Lord, I pray a special blessing on each and every person here today. As they leave here, I pray you just pour out your spirit of peace on their life. I pray against the spirit of worry. Jesus, we just want to be more like you. We just want to live our life like you. We love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. Allie has a message to share with you and we're going to be dismissed. So welcome to stage, Allie. Thanks for coming in. God bless you guys. Thanks, Pastor Tommy. Hi, my name is Allie. I'm on staff here at The Rock Church. And I just want to let you know, every single day there are stories that come across my desk of the way God is moving miraculously and in awesome ways in your lives, in San Diego and around the globe. And I want to let you know, we have an amazing group of men and women, pastoral support team. They're going to come up here. If you need prayer, I just believe that God's going to move through them as they pray for you on your behalf. So do that after the service. Also, across my desk comes story after story of heartbreaking scenarios in San Diego and across the world of people needing rescue and people needing hope. And so when you're obedient to tithe, when God puts on your heart to make a financial gift, we use those resources to expand the kingdom. And so I wanna encourage you, we have three ways you can give. If you're watching online, you can click on one of those little buttons on the right-hand side. If you're here today in the congregation, you can use the boxes on the way out with the envelope and the boxes back there. And then also you can text to give as well. So let us bow our hearts in prayer. Father, we love you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence right now. And we thank you for the story of the widow and her might. And it was the least materially she could give, but it was the greatest offering of her heart being right before you. And Lord, I ask that today, whether you put on someone's heart to give a penny or a million dollars today, that it would be their heart that is right before you and it would be a pleasing sacrifice. And I pray that you would use these gifts, Lord, to advance your kingdom. And we commit them to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great Sunday.
So hard.